All I need is your voice and I'm a happy camper. I heard your voice and I was like, oh my God, yes. I love her <laughs> accent. <laughs> but then again, that was, I was going to ask you that question. When you hear us, does it, you're like, like no, y'all have an accent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We um we spent a lot of time in America just trying copying Americans, and we probably absolutely butchered it because we <laughs> we can't even tell the difference between like different states or whatever. It's just a generic American accent. We know there's a lot of podcasts out there, and this is definitely one of them. This is the Joel and Mouse Fitness Funhouse with your hosts: one guy who's short and strong, and another who's short and. Well, he's a pretty nice guy. Now, here they are, Joel and Mouse. Cheerio, mates, and welcome into the Fitness Fun House. You know, we'll give it a go. We'll give it a go here. Here's Matt Rattay. I'm I don't Joel know, Gadet. Joel. I feel like, Joel, I feel like you, you, you've got it on the nose. I, I, don't, I, like... I don't think this is right at all. <laughs> well, I, I feel like it's, it's slowly kind of, you know, changing from... Uh, a Kiwi attempt into a kind of a, a British voice. I feel like I'm changing now as well. As I felt like <laughs> as you were talking, it like slowly morphed out of it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing is that once you start trying too hard, then that's whenever it starts to change. You got to be very natural with it. I'm usually phenomenal with with accents and whatnot. Oh, mercy. All right. So welcome into the Fitness Fun House. My name is Joel Gadet. He is the Mighty Mouse, Matt Rattay. Uh, the Mighty Mouse is the fifth place finisher from CrossFit Regionals, by the way, uh, 2016. I know that because it you says went it. to the games. Uh, no big deal. Don't hate. Don't hate. Appreciate. It says it on his shirt. So, hey, like you said, man, I I had to wear something that gives me cred because it's been since 2016 that I've done anything of note. To be honest, in the well, actually, you, no. You come won on, the American now. Open the next year. I did win the American Open the next year. Uh, I also, I think the next year was my best finish in the Open. I was in the top 50. If you're wondering what number I was, I was number 50. <laughs> so I, I did some stuff, you know, like I get brought up in podcasts randomly. I remember when Pat uh, Sherwood was picked it? you to win. Pat Sherwood picked me. Uh, he actually picked me as a, uh, dark, a dark horse, horse yeah. which means that you're not supposed to win, <laughs> but there's a chance you might. You have an outside chance of getting there. <laughs> I still remember whenever they announced that I had my headphones on in the back warming up and Berger, Chris Berger, one of my training partners at the time, he literally tasked me and goes, hey. And I'm like, what's up? And he's like, they're talking about you. And I was like, huh? And I looked up at the big screen and I see Pat Sherwood's dark horse pick, Matt Retain. I go, oh shit. And I put my earbuds <laughs> back on because I was like, all of a sudden expectations just shot through the roof because of that. And then I tore my labrum that year. Good, good. Job well done. Job well done. <laughs> I just, I, I remember too, two years ago, um, Brian Friend was doing a, a podcast preview of the Granite Games and he was like, oh, Three Kings Alpha. He's like, if you've never seen Matt Rattay lift, you have to be there for the one rep max lift. And I was like, I'm, they're going to be disappointed when Matt doesn't show up because he, he, is, he is the alternate on that team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, because the problem was, is that um, our main guy, Sam, he had gotten hurt. And so I had to end up doing the quarterfinals and you guys, I was deep in like <laughs> deep in weightlifting training. I don't think I had done a wall ball shot in like a year and a half. You got years. shot by a wall ball is what happened. Bro. No, no, no. What it was was that rope climb pistol workout. My athlete, my fitness daughter, Lexi Neely. All right. Friend of the show. She had, she is the nicest human being in the world, but we are doing the last round of pistols. And you guys, we have 30 pistols left. And I literally look at her and I say, two sets of 15. And I'm like, okay, it was more like this. <laughs> we need to do two sets of 15. <laughs> and she looked at me and she goes, no. 
do all 30. She was a 17 year old girl at this point talking to a 28 year old, 27 year old man who was her coach for years. And you know what this man did? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. Yes, we can do it. You got it. You're right. No. And then the next morning, I have to do that hundred wall ball shot. 120 Cal row. Yo, not fun. People screaming at me. He's like, you got to go on the road. I remember Michael Spears, one of our other teammates. He's like, you got to push me. I remember looking at him and saying, if you yell at me again, I will stop rowing because I was not in a happy place at all. <laughs> I will revoke your membership. <laughs> I'm the owner of this place. I will go at 900 calories an hour if I want to go at 900 calories an hour. All right. <laughs> That's not what you're supposed to go at. No, 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 no Joel. No. Each to their own. So anyway, that's that's Matt's credibility. Um, welcome to the show, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest today is Madeline Schelling, who has the greatest voice of anybody that's ever been on this podcast. And that oh is what goodness. that. Yeah, that's what you were most excited about. Dude, accents, they especially the OK, she's not Australian. She's New Zealand, which actually, to be honest, I like the Kiwi accent more than Australian. It's slightly different, but it's different enough. And I mean, you guys are listening. You guys will hear it like. There's just something about it. Like it, I, I, the people who have that accent, I'm like, I want to be your friend. You just sound like the friendliest person <laughs> in the whole wide world. So Madeline was at the games the last two years, uh, finished sixth with two different teams in 2021 and 2022. Most recently with CrossFit Selwyn, uh, her longtime friend and training partner, Marnie Sykes, and then the Fowler brothers, Big Ben, Little Luke, comprised their four this past year. Then again, um, finished sixth at the 2022 Noble CrossFit Games. Because of the restructuring of the season, there's a, we don't know how many, but there's a really good chance that particularly on the women's side, Oceana is going to wind up with more than the three slots currently allotted um, for people going to the games. And with that, as a piece of the equation, both Marnie and Madeline are going individual this year with the attempt to try to make it to the games. Because obviously with three, it's pretty much just Kara and then Jamie Green, Maddie Sturt. The fight for three spots is hard. Mm-hmm. Figure it expands to five, maybe even six. Much more wide open field. It makes it really mm-hmm. exciting heading into this coming season for somebody like Maddie Schelling. Let's talk about uh, CrossFit. Let's talk about non-CrossFit things, which is a really interesting piece of this conversation uh, mm-hmm. with Madeline Schelling from CrossFit Selwyn's Games team in 2022. <sighs> Uh, I don't even want to do it. I was like, let's hear, let's hear your American accent. Let's, okay, let's... so um, the one that we'd usually do is uh, we'd be like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'd say that's pretty spot on. I felt just, like I was in the Midwest. Yeah. Just, just out of curiosity, uh, what part of the country is that a replica of? I have no idea. Oh, okay, just that's curious. Midwest. That's Midwest for sure. The way she said that. Oh, oh really? thank you. That's thank Midwest. You. <laughs> or um, uh, if we're trying to be Southern, we'd be like, oh, howdy doodly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't howdy think doody, howdy doodly. I like that. Howdy it's doody. It's not that far off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you guys can't even tell us and Australians apart. So I think we can kind of, you know, uh, it's a bit of back and forth. <laughs> we yeah, can... Well, that's the thing. Um, I was telling Mary, I was like, it's like, she sounds like Tia but like better to me. Like, <laughs> Thank but, you. Yeah. It's not the same. It's well, not the same. No, but the no. funny thing, so we, we were having dinner um, like the Monday of the games and um, Jeremy Austin was at our table with uh, with his um, fiance Lexi and um, 
they were breaking down from an Australian perspective, like the different accents based on the different parts of the continent. And it was like the people on the West Coast sound more British and like Khan's accent is distinctly different than Ricky's. And I was like, what? Yeah. The the amount of times in America, people will be like, oh, you're from Australia? Yeah, that was me one time. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They'll be like, how's the crocodiles? And we'll be like. We don't have those. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Uh, I've yeah. done multiple uh, college sports broadcasts this fall, where there've been athletes from New Zealand, and I've turned to my broadcast partner and said, "You know, that's a different place than Australia, right?" And they would look at me funny. I'd be like, "No, no, no, not the same thing. There are no mammals." And they'd be like, "Is that true?" I'm like, "It's the one fact I've got right now." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. No mammals, lots of birds, um, and nothing dangerous. So nothing n- dangerous. <laughs> Nothing will kill you. No, you can go sleep in the bush if you like, and there'll be no snakes, no spiders. Oh you know, well, there's spiders, but they can't kill you. So yeah, Dude. we're way better than Australia. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You give them some. Chi- I've seen. I've seen some movies where these big ass tarantulas, and they're like, yeah, those are from New Zealand. I'm like, nah, I'm not messing with them. I'm not. I'm not. Just no, like, we don't. Nah, you're right. That's a myth. They're pulling your leg. <laughs> well, I got to tell my wife, we're moving to New Zealand because that's the thing we talk about. Like, I almost stepped on a, on a snake out here in California, literally wow. just walking to the park. And I was like, I was like, man, there's things, there, anywhere you go, no matter how nice it is, something can kill you. Something, yeah. but apparently not in New Zealand. Not in New Zealand, no. You know, I have the All Blacks there. Yeah. I love rugby. I don't, like, okay, I, I say this. I, there, at one point in my life, I loved rugby. Did you play rugby, by <laughs> um, the way? Yes. Yeah. What'd you play? Were you a were you a wing? Were you a like scrum half? I was wing. Okay. Yeah. That makes oh sense. yeah, she'd be a wing. Bro, she's yeah. probably fast as hell. Get, her, get <laughs> the ball out there and just just bolt on them and pray to yeah. God you don't get hit by anybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was fast and fit, but man, if someone was running at me, I'd <laughs> pretend not to see them. <laughs> so you just you just look, your little squib kick forward and you just chase after that ball, right? Like oh, <laughs> yeah. like rugby is like I mean. Crossfitters are also very, very crazy. But like, man, seeing some of those dudes and dudettes that play rugby, like you're like you, you're a 245 pound man. You should not be able to run a four seven forty, and yet here you are. And then there's another guy on the other side that's like excited to get hit by that guy or to hit that guy. Yeah. And I'm like, man, y'all on another level. It's like yeah, if you make it out of a rugby game and still have your ears attached. You that was a great game. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Yeah, pretty barbaric when you think about it. But yeah, it's a, it's a- just part of the culture here, so um, yeah, you get pretty used to it. Here's where I wanted to start, because I'm scrolling through Instagram the other day, and you posted your picture of you and Brooke Wells from I don't know how many years ago, and I wanted uh-huh. to start there. Um, tell me about that picture, that moment, and what it's like to look back on it now, considering you're both CrossFit Games athletes. Yeah, that was about six years ago, and I was living in London, and I had started CrossFit, and I was... Still doing it um, kind of just for fun, um, but I really loved it. And I didn't, wasn't at the stage where I believed that I'd get very far, um, but I kind of wanted to. But, you know, you're kind of scared to believe in yourself um, or, you know, say these things things out loud like oh I want to be the best or I want to do this because I just wasn't sure if I was good enough and so I heard that she was coming to the wit um uh wit shop in London whatever it takes and so I was like right super excited and I am always late to everything like 10 to 15 minutes standard yeah it's a genetic condition I can't help it and uh, (laughs) so I was 
literally 40 minutes early to this like meet and greet with Brooke Wells and I was standing there and the people in the shop were like what the hell is this girl doing and I was like hey you know had gone around the racks already three times and then she turns up and I lost my shit and I was like this is so cool this is the first like celebrity I have seen in CrossFit in person because in New Zealand you don't get a whole lot of celebrity CrossFit mm-hmm. you know just passing through and um I would just would have been so weird. I asked her about her training and her eating and what do you do? And, you know, just, and she was probably like, oh, get this girl away from me. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, can I please get a photo? And then um, she's like, yeah, like we can have a photo. And she just looked incredible. And like she had these big, strong arms, big, strong shoulders, big, strong legs. And I was like, this, that is, this is what I want. I want to do this CrossFit thing because this is cool. And then as we were going, I was like, so embarrassed but I probably did finger guns at her and I was like see you at the games <laughs> and she was like yeah okay <laughs> like, she was probably like, well, so weird um and then from then I was like I actually I think I need to you know uphold this I think I actually really want to go to the games and mm-hmm. so from then I kind of started taking CrossFit a little bit more seriously started getting into like coaching and stuff so mm-hmm. uh, she won't remember it at all but it was a really pivotal moment to see kind of CrossFit embodied in front of me um, and just being like, yeah, I want this. I can do this. So yeah. It was... What year was that, that you had, that you met her? Do you remember? Ooh, maybe 2015, 16. Oh, 15. Okay. And you're, so, and you're older than her too, right? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah. so that, that's the funny part of it to me is like, you're, there's this, there's this girl who is older than probably what at that point, like an 18 year old Brooke Wells, just like waiting to fangirl over her. Um, yeah. which is hysterical. Have you told her that story? No. Um, <laughs> no, I d- didn't want to bother her at the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're tagging her in this. So, yeah. Focusing on things at the game. Oh, yeah. yeah. She'll probably be like, Oh yeah, that was that weird girl. But I kind of want to be, you know, go to her and be like i told you like <laughs> yeah because you guys make it you make it to the games um on it you've been twice now on a team yeah. now to the games yeah. right oh yeah. girl 100 percent. you see her passing by you'd be like yo remember me she'll remember the accent she'll know it she'll, she'll know who you are <laughs> the weird kiwi in london <laughs> i was say you, you you actually might want to hope that she doesn't remember and just be like yeah no nice to meet you i've been here for a couple of years so this is my thing yeah now. yeah, yeah. <laughs> How was that the launching off point? You decide in that moment, all right, I just finger guns Brooke Wells. Um, what's step two to I'm going to the games? Um, well, it's probably actually took a little while to kick off because something about New Zealand culture is that we have like tall poppy syndrome. And so if you kind of put your head above the rest and you say, I want to be the best or I want to make the games, people will be like, meh, you know, rate yourself. Right? And so you have to be really, really humble about it. And so it took a couple of years for me to go from, you know, keeping this a quiet dream to being like, wow, I'm actually putting in the work enough. I'm, you know, getting good enough that I could do this if I wanted to. So I just started nice and slowly. Like I started coaching, um, started training a bit more, started looking for some competitive squads, um, started asking any coach I could for some like tips of how to get better. Um, And then I think it wasn't long after that, that I did six Chester bars in a row. And I was like, hell yeah, we're going to the games (laughs) um 
yeah, then moved back to New Zealand and just put, um, I was studying at the time. So study is really handy to do with CrossFit at the same time, super flexible. And from there, just trainings got longer and longer and got stronger and stronger. And yeah, just kind of slowly happened. So yeah, just put the building blocks in one at a time. Was yeah. there ever a moment like, <clears throat> like that you were like, okay, like besides the six chest bars and you're like, oh, I got it now I'm going to the games. But was there like, a workout that you did? Was there a competition that you did? Cause I know that you did the New Zealand national championships and you got second two years in a row. Um, no, that was pretty, pretty much it because the girl who beat me the first two years is Marnie Sykes, who's my friend now. And we've trained together for the last few years. We were in the teams in the games the last couple of years and she's incredible. She's an amazing athlete. And for the first two years, everyone's like, man, Marnie is unbeatable. And my cousin was like, she's not unbeatable. You can do it. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, no. Um, and, you know, keep in mind. Smart. She sounds smart. Yeah, she's, you know, she, <laughs> and Marnie's my friend. So, like, I it wasn't like, oh, I have to get her. Um, but when I beat her, I was like, oh, you know, anyone is beatable. And I put in a ton of work and, um, yeah, and I won that and I thought like, right, okay, like we can do this. And then I moved down to Christchurch to train with Marnie and the mm. two of us just in the last few years have just pushed each other to get better and better and better. And so that was, um, yeah, the kind of the start of really, really taking this seriously. Uh, you guys obviously have been a great team ever since that point. Um, are, are you still a team or has the maybe restructuring of the fact that Oceana might have more than three people going to the games out of it this year changed your perspectives. Um, yeah, we've all we've both been busting to go individual for years, but we just mm -hmm. knew there was not much point the past couple of years, which is a tough pill to swallow because it was also probably our prime years. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, we still got we got still got a couple of years in, in us. Um, but yeah, we've loved loved teams, especially this year with those Fowler boys. They were great fun. Um, and yeah, now our team is yeah just all going individual and like right while we've still got a couple of years left in us, we've got to give this um, our best shot. So we'll both be going indie, yeah, which is super exciting but very nerve wracking. So, so what has changed for you in regards to your approach, your training, and maybe how do you launch off of? Hey, I've been to the games before. It's on a team. It's a different experience, but I know what the atmosphere is like. I know what the level is like. Um, maybe I'm attacking this a different way than I would have had I never been to Madison before. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think when you go to the games, you see those individual athletes up there and you can see where you are and you know what you need to do to get there. It's just about doing it, you know, getting it done. Um, I'm looking at getting um, another coach. Um, we didn't have a coach for um, this season with the team, um, which was great. But now I think I need someone who just can really iron out all my weaknesses, um, you know, just have that person who who knows what you, um, you know, because we already know how to train and how to push ourselves and how to spend hours at the gym. But now because you're individual, you have to work on every single tiny little thing that isn't perfect. So, um yeah, it's definitely, it's going to be hard, especially the last few months, I've taken a big off season to finish my PhD. Um, and also I've had a shoulder injury followed by a back injury. So I've taken a few months off and now I'm thinking I'm too unfit. I'm never going to be able to come back. But um, so that scares me a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think by the time we all get back from Christmas, because it's summer here and Christmas. Um, Which is awesome. That sounds amazing yeah, to me. So cool, yeah. <laughs> 
So I'm going to spend a couple of weeks at the beach and then I'm going to come back and absolutely just hammer down for the open. So it's just going to be all guns blazing. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited. It's definitely a different approach to a team. But at our gym, everyone trains um, – uh, like there's several of us that train throughout the day. So you're not re- you don't feel alone, which is great. Mm-hmm. Moving forward. I know you said that you're looking for a coach and stuff like that. Like, what do you think is important to have like as an individual, like as far as, as a coach, like, what are you looking for from somebody like down the road? Is it like, is there a program that you're looking at right now? Like, are you, are you going to jump on the hard work pays off program? Are you going to drop on proven? Are you, or are you looking for like an individual person that you're like, Hey, I want one person that's going to watch me. Yeah. Well, um, I've had a coach in the past and it didn't work out because you need the right personalities and you need a respect mm. relationship and positivity and encouragement and all that stuff. And you want someone who you want to work hard for um, and who, you know, treats you nicely throughout that process. And then we were all like our team was all following Mayhem programming Okay. Um, throughout the last yeah, through the last year. So that was quite cool. We're all on making programming, but yeah, now's the point where I'm like, right, I'm going individual. I need someone to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so looking at, well, talking to proven mostly because they are, you know, the proximity is really um, handy, but yeah. also when living in London, I made friends with um, a French guy who's really cool called Cyril, who works for red pill training. Okay. Yeah, and they have, um, I think they have Lucy Campbell. Yeah, and and she's, you know, she's done really well. Um, Cyril's a great guy. I know him and his wife. Um, and so it's a bit of a distance, but I think maybe um, getting, you know, someone like him on board would be really, really good. Well, let me ask you about the, the distance piece of that, because it's been interesting to see how the sport has spread throughout the world and where it's taken hold and where it's grabbed a, a foothold. And one of those places has really been in Oceania, um, be it in Australia or New Zealand. Um, why do you think it is that the sport and the methodology has grown the way it has where you are? Um, I think we are a very kind of outdoorsy, sporty kind of nation anyway. So we all grow up um, outside playing sports, playing rugby, um, like, yeah, most of us have played sports all of our, all of our lives, and so moving to CrossFit isn't, you know, especially for women. We already knew how to do push ups and pull ups and you know handstands and stuff, and kept that strength throughout our lives. And so it's a really easy transition. Where I think in other countries where they might be a bit more inside or play less sports, it takes a lot more investment to kind of get to that level. So yeah, I think we're just a, a naturally more outdoorsy. Uh, kind of physical people anyway, I'd say. And like like lots of farming and stuff um, around. Yeah, that, that's my uh, conspiracy theory, I guess, <laughs> my, my theory. <laughs> you, uh, you, yeah. We talked about rugby. I know you also have a running background, some soccer, some netball, some swimming. What is Waka? So we, in the Pacific, um, a lot of the Pacific nations, their style of canoe is a, it's a double hull, but it's got one big hull and then one kind of outrigger. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like it, pretty much like an outrigger canoe. Um, and so, yeah, you just um, paddle that <laughs> up and down awesome. and around. Was was yeah, that was yeah. that like a leisure activity, or would you race those? No, that was a that was a sport. So, like, yeah, went to um, like New Zealand nationals. We even did like a competition in Fiji. 
Um, yeah, but it's really big in the Pacific. Yeah, so it's really cool, really fun sport. But you know, you get really strong um, and really big shoulders. And I remember in high school, we're like, "Oh, we've got big shoulders." <laughs> and now I'm like, "Yes, I've got big shoulders." So you know, it's all paid off and contributed to CrossFit, which is awesome. Now, have, have you um, had any like I? I'm because I'm in the US, it's a giant country, and I'm not nearly as popular as you are, probably, especially in New Zealand. Right. Now, now have you had that? Like, have you had that happen a lot? Like, we're like, do people start to recognize you? Like, they're like, hey, like, you're that one CrossFit girl, or like, or even just like people seeing you and they're like, okay, she does something. Like, they come up to you, like, hey, are you, are you on the all black rugby team? Like, is that you? you like, how, how big a deal is it to be a games athlete in a New Zealand CrossFit? culture and community. It's interesting you say that because before I went to the games, it was a massive deal. Anyone I knew had been to the games, I was like, that is amazing. They are so, you know, they are gods. And then I went to the games and I was like, ah, I'm just me, you know, so it became... Yeah, yeah, which is quite cool. But I think people would only know me in a, in a CrossFit scenario. Um, mm. But definitely in public, people um, look at you and, I, you know, you get the old, what do you do? <laughs> you do <Yeah>. something. <laughs> like I know my wife, like, because she does CrossFit also. I mean, she's, I mean, she's nine months pregnant right now, so she's not doing CrossFit right now. Well, she actually is, but like yeah. not nearly as intense, right? But before, there, you know, she didn't have the pregnant belly. People always see her arms. And the first question I was ask her, are you a bodybuilder? Are you, oh, are, yeah. you, are you training for a show or something like that? Right? Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> I, oh, I do cross it. I can scratch my back. I can actually yeah. move. I'm mobile. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So in, in New Zealand, we, and this is another interesting difference we found when going to America, is that New Zealanders, even if they look you up and down, they see your muscles, they won't say anything. Whereas in America, we had people coming up to us, Marnie and I, the, all yeah. the time just being like, what do you do? Like, like light arms or. Um, <laughs> There's that accent. I love it. Yeah. I'm trying really hard. But, yeah, you're doing a great job. I love it. Joel's <laughs> got his head in his hands. He's like, this is embarrassing. But we kind of only notice how different we look when we're in places where people point it out. Otherwise we're just like, eh, it's, it's normal, but you do get stares. Um, I loved once where a few of us girls went to the mall here in New Zealand and I was walking a little bit behind them and then watching people stare at them when they went past. It's so funny. <laughs> but, oh, that's right. We don't look, you know, like normal civilians, <laughs> but yeah. Well, now, have you noticed that, like, because I, I in that YouTube video that we watched um, of prior, you talked about how, like, you when you grew up, like having muscles. I mean, you just said it recently, like you're like you started getting shoulders, and you're like, oh my god, no, we have muscles now. Has there been a shift, or is it still pretty much the same? Is there that same stigma, um, like girls aren't supposed to have muscles in New Zealand, and you're supposed to be daintier and let the guys be the big uh, haka dudes that are getting <laughs> after it, you know? Yeah, no, there's definitely been a shift. Um, okay. Like um, one of my uh, good mates, he was one of the ones who bullied me the most in high school. You know, it was a joke, but I, I would get sad about it. And now he's the one who's like, oh, my goodness, like those CrossFit Games girls are so hot. Like if you see them, give them my number. And I'm like, no, mate, like you used to make fun of me. Um, I'm not helping you now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What? You're paying for it. First of all, I'm um, one of those girls, rude. Second of all, no. Yeah, yeah no, it's there's, it's definitely changed and it's like, it's definitely cool now. Um, mm-hmm. Cooler. Um, there's always going to be people who are like, oh, she takes steroids. I'm like, mm. mate, I think my calves would be a bit bigger if I took steroids. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something to celebrate now. And in my own head, like I I love being strong. And mm-hmm. um, when I hurt my shoulder this year after the games, I tore my labrum at the games. Um, it wasn't great. Um, but I don't need surgery, so it's so fine. But I did less arm stuff, and my arms started to shrink, and I actually got really sad because I was just looking at these you know, they're still, uh, still had muscle, but not as much. And I thought, yeah. I don't want this anymore. You know, I, I want to, so I started doing a whole lot of push ups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in my own head, yeah, that, that kind of mental journey of loving and appreciating my body and what it can do has, um, been really, really cool journey, I think. And something that I'm really passionate about sharing with, especially our, our young woman, mm. um, over here yeah definitely what uh when did you tear your labrum at the games i'm not sure <laughs> the adrenaline's pumping so hard to know. <laughs> yeah. i was like what what's it like to finish to come in sixth um and finish a weekend with a shoulder and a half yeah i to be honest i didn't really feel it until um till after it was yeah, it's not a bad tear, so I don't I don't need surgery or anything. And they're like I'm 28, so they're clunky anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it didn't didn't stop us back. I think it didn't hold us back. I mean, I think when when you're out there, the adrenaline is just pumping so hard, you don't feel a thing. Like yeah, mm-hmm. I could have been missing a leg and still being able to like you know just fire through everything because it's you're so pumped up by the environment. It's so cool. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm 35 now. When we started this, I said to Matt, I was like, my shoulder hurts. I just snatched yesterday. Um, so <laughs> great. Uh, um, I, I want to talk a little bit about you um, outside of the CrossFit space as well, because um, you have your PhD now. Is that right? Almost I'm, done. And the, the death throws. Yeah. Okay. It's nearly done. Um, I want to get into a little bit of that piece of your background as well, but also you are part. Are you part Maori or part Maori? So it would be there wouldn't be many full-blooded Māori per se, but we kind of, um, we don't really look at it as like blood quantum levels. I know in the US that's how they still um, kind of measure Indigenous people, which is actually an extremely racist I was gonna say, um, yeah, way. When you say it that way, it, now I sound We don't, yeah, sound we don't do everything great over here, you know, <laughs> just so you know. We don't do everything awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, every um, settler colonial society has still got its issues and stuff, but yeah. um, it's all in my head because this is exactly what I've been writing about the last yeah. um, right. year. Hey, talk um, it out, girl. Go to, go to work. Let's go. <laughs> well, so yeah, I guess, so but I guess I, the, the question being then is like, tell me about that part of you, um, how important that part of you is and how important and how great it's been for you to represent that on the stages that you've been able to over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's, um, it's been a really cool journey. So um, my mom is Māori um, and we didn't know a whole lot of our whānau, uh, uh, sorry, our family. Um, no, I love it. I, I, I love these words. <laughs> like, these are awesome. I'll provide translations for everything. And so our tribe or our iwi is on the east coast of the North Island and it was a real journey kind of getting to know them again. And we literally just turned up to this township and we knew we were from here. We knew who my grandfather was. We knew the like the surnames. Um, and we turned up and we said, um, do you know anyone by the surname of Rangihuna, which is the name of our ancestor? And, um and they were like, oh, yeah, just head down this road. Third house on the left is, um, you know, nanny so-and-so. And we yeah. turn up to her place and it's my mum's auntie. And and so we just kind of, the past maybe like five or six 
on a maybe like eight years, we've been on this journey getting to know our our family. And yeah. like I said earlier, my cousin Ducky, who I only discovered was my cousin a couple of years after knowing him. Um, and he's, you know, my first Maori cousin that I knew. And it's very like, um, as a, a New Zealand, we have like not two worlds, but also two very different cultures. And there's a really good blend in the middle. So it's a really cool spectrum. Like um, sometimes you can be too white for your brown friends, too brown for your white friends, you know? <laughs> so um, it's it's kind of like a, a beautiful way to be part of two worlds, but also have your feet, you know, on both sides. So mm-hmm. it's been a really interesting identity journey um, for me, but um, I love um, incorporating uh, Te Reo Māori, which is the the Māori language, into what I do. Um, I do a lot of um, my research is about Māori, so yeah, it's it's. Um, I could go on and on forever, but it's a really beautiful part of New Zealand that we have Māori people and we can incorporate these two cultures. Yeah. What have you learned? Uh, I guess both as part of your research, but also just on that introspective journey over the last uh, you know piece of that decade um a lot of it was like i um identity and feeling of belonging like my whole life i knew that i was part maori i knew that i was a little bit brown you know where do my freckles come from where did my curly hair come from and then when we went to our iwi our tribe and all of a sudden these kind of like um, and I'm, I'm quite fair skinned for a Maori and all of a sudden these fair skinned freckled Maoris were walking around and we're, mum and I were like, oh, you know, <laughs> home. Yeah, because there's often, you know, tribal differences. So my tribe has got freckles and paler skin and other tribes have got, you know, darker skin or they're shorter or, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, that feeling of belonging, um, just really, it gives you a purpose and I, you know, I don't do CrossFit just for me. I don't do my PhD just for me. I do it for, for my whanau, my family, and I do it for, for my people as well. So yeah, it's, it gives you a real force and motivation. What exactly is your like area of study for your PhD? Like I'm looking at, um, traditional food systems. So traditional Maori food systems, which are incredible, you know, hundreds of years of, um, learning how to work with the environment, the things that they know, um, the, the kind of the way that they could gather food and, you know, um, cultivate food all year round was so amazing. And yet now, um, you know, Maori are really struggling in a lot of socioeconomic kind of indicators. Um, and the reason why they are struggling is not because of themselves. You know, it's not individual blame. It's because of the system that has, you know, excluded their traditional practices, um, excluded their traditional foods and, you know, um, move them to areas that have more takeaways, more alcohol shops, you know, things like that. The whole system is replicated in settler colonial societies around the world. So you'll see it all. Sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, Canada, um, North America, Australia, <clears throat> you know, and people say, oh, and, you know, Indigenous people, they just need to work. They just need to try harder, whatever. But you, my study is about going back in time and being like, well, actually, the reason why 
um, people, you know, Indigenous people are struggling with um, diet-related non-communicable diseases is actually because of the colonization of their food systems. And so mm-hmm. how can we use Indigenous knowledge to bring back those food systems, kind of reduce those health inequities? And, um, and it's not just about reclaiming those because every Indigenous person wants to reclaim their food system. It's about making sure the government recognises how important a food system is for Indigenous health. So that's what my PhD is in a nutshell. But <laughs> yeah. well, it's just for me, it's, it's like like there's too many McDonald's. Stop putting McDonald's everywhere, and like you're ruining our food system because you're like, oh, you only pay a dollar, you can get a burger. And it's like, well, oh, you can also grow it, and it would keep. It's going to keep growing, and it's going to keep coming back. Like if you actually went through it. Right. And like, so that sounds like that's what you're trying. It's like that we were doing it well, you guys showed up, changed how we were doing it or like brought in your own methods of doing it. And now you've ruined it for the rest of us because it's been around for so long. You're almost like reliant on it. Like even in um, colonial people ruining things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Canada, you know, they had the reservation schools. And so they had all these policies that said, remove these kids from from their homelands, put them in these reservation schools, feed them shit food. They no Mm. longer know how to do their traditional, um, you know, uh, salmon catching or, you know, berry gathering, you know, all those healthy foods. And then move them to reservations, put McDonald's on the reservations, and then say to them, why are you obese? (laughs) And it's like, and they're like, hang on, um, you know, it's kind of your fault. Yeah. Yeah, So it's kind of like, how do we educate both sides into like just transforming that system um, and allowing indigenous people to return to those kind of healthy practices. Yeah. What do you want to do with that? Like what's your, once you have the PhD at the end of Madeline Schelling, um, what, (laughs) what, what do you hope to, how do you hope to apply that? How do you hope to, to change the world? That sounds big, but yeah. She's going to fight McDonald's. She's going to fight. She's going to go fight major corporations. That's what she's doing. Yeah. Well, I'd first, be scared. Y'all showed up with a bunch of a bunch of the All Blacks and you do the Hawkeye in front of McDonald's. That McDonald's is shutting down. They're not, they're not sticking around. They're running away. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, first of all, I'm going to make all my friends call me Dr. Madeline forever. <laughs> oh, yeah. I work hard for this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. When I see that drop down list with doctor, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to press that. That's um, yeah, no, I really want to be able to like advise the government on more appropriate policies for Indigenous people. Like, for example, in New Zealand, the way that we measure kind of our food security and food systems is a really like non it's got a really non-Maori perspective on it. So one of the things I would really like to do is kind of like help to influence, you know, the way that we measure food systems, food security, food sovereignty, and just be like, hey, have you thought about, you know, maybe putting policies in that are appropriate for Māori as well, because they're the ones that are, you know, the lowest on our all of our health and socioeconomic um, indicators. So, you know, maybe we should listen to them about how they want to do things. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, which sounds simple, but um, I mean, there's a lot, there's definitely a lot of traction where governments want to be working towards these things. So it's just about putting the right people in the right places, um, which hopefully I can yeah one day be that person. Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to you qualifying for the games and Kiki Dixon going in lane seven, Dr. Medellin Schelling. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah Some quick hitters for you here. Um, number one thing about going to the CrossFit games was what? Just that. Oh, that's a tricky. I would say that's a um, tough question. 
I'm going to say, I'm just going to talk about this year's experience. Um, going with our, our crew, like our crew was so much fun. Um, Marnie and I are both 28, Marnie's 29. And then we had Bailey Martin, who did really well at Tory, and he was kind of came as a support for us. And was, then wasn't Ben he and the Luke water boy, didn't you call him? Wasn't Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was, a, it was a fantastic water boy. And, um, and Ben and Luke Fowler are like, what, 21. And so they were just, you know, super chill, super fun. Um, I think I told you, Joel, about um, Linda and Pete, who's uh, mum and stepdad, um, who are just incredible. So we just had the most fun time, um, really enjoyed everything, felt so supported, so loved, um, and just got to soak up every minute. So, yeah, being with our crew was, was really, really cool. Favorite event? Oh, I've got to remember all the events now. There's so many of them. Yeah, you, um, you had a second place finish. Oh yes, uh, the run. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. She said that as if like, yeah, we ran. Like that's not that much fun. <laughs> yes. Um, actually, no, the run was super cool because we had got a running coach like five weeks before the games, and we were all pretty fit individuals and then we went to these running trainings and we just got smoked every week and we're like this is so hard um and every week we'd drag our asses back to this training we'd be like right let's <laughs> go and it was so tough and then it absolutely paid off at the games and so I think just feeling like we were flying through that that running workout that was oh, man no um yeah feeling compares to when you know that you've smashed it yeah it was cool I think that's something that I think a lot of people don't realize like something as basic as running right like you said because you guys are we're, are fit people but be taught by someone who's mm. actually good like i mean like i'm talking about like really good at running right there's some people out there that can hold four four minute 34 second long marathons and you're like how in the hell can you run 29 miles straight like that and you're like yeah you can do that yeah. um so i love to hear that like even the elites like because you're an elite right need to be taught like even as fit yeah. as you think you are right mm -hmm. you can always be better which yeah. for the listeners out there be like that's what y'all gotta realize right even the best of the best have coaches for a reason yeah 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 our first session we loved it like it was so much fun all we did was 12 times 150 meters and none of us could walk for like four days <laughs> <laughs> every muscle group in our legs like ached and we couldn't believe it and then we just yeah went back for punishing every week for five weeks but we're so yeah i'm so glad we did it and absolutely we're definitely going back to a running coach now so yeah well, game what would you say was the biggest thing you took away from that running that running practice like if there was one thing you could share with people like do this and you'll be better at running or whatever um just get onto a track i think get someone to tell you how fast you have to run and then mm. just do it um, I mean, we were running, we were doing that running training in the middle of winter. So it was like zero degrees some days. <laughs> and so we're in, you know, thermals and puffer jackets trying to sprint around this track. But um, it's it's not just the running, it's the mental toughness as well. Yeah. I know you said that, uh, that Marnie won nationals last weekend, but uh, who was the greatest female New Zealand CrossFitter? Oh, that'll have to go to Jamie Green, I guess. <laughs> Jamie Green. I was just trying to stir the pot. I was curious if you would say Marty. <laughs> <laughs> Crossfitters don't, we, we are very humble people. We will never say ourselves. So maybe <laughs> Tia and Matt would probably say that about themselves, but I think they've proven that already. So. <laughs> yeah, and I think yeah, Jamie. I mean, I'm like, does she count? She's lived here. She hasn't lived here for a very long time. But no, <laughs> she 
She's still got the accent, so she can count. <laughs> what time do the open announcements happen in New Zealand, by the way? So uh, like, I think it's during the day. Is it during the day? What, what's it like in the future, though? Because uh, Matt and I are currently on Friday afternoon and you're on Saturday. So uh, yeah. what are we in store for? <laughs> oh, well, it's a lovely day here. Nice and sunny. I'm in Sacramento, though. It's California. It's 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 sunny here almost every day. It's rained. I've lived here now for like nine months. It's literally rained four times <laughs> since I've lived here. Yeah. Well, awesome. we went to California um, after the games and man, it was so hot. So well, yeah. 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 After the games, like right. At, like that's like deep into the summer over here, man. I mean, like it, it, gets, it, it doesn't get pretty hot in New Zealand at all. Um, In the North Island, it gets hotter. So the further north you are, the hotter it gets. So mm-hmm. um, maybe up to 30 degrees Celsius. Um, but I've actually got a great story of California's. Um, our last night in America, we um, I booked this really cute Airbnb in the Mojave Desert. Um, and so it was, like a glamp- <laughs> it was like a glamping tent and yeah. this little glamping setup. And I was like, man, this is going to be the coolest night ever. It's going to be so awesome. And so me and my boyfriend were like driving over like these sandy hills and got to this tent and we were like, wow, it's going to be incredible. And then got into the tent and we realized that there's no air con in a tent. And I oh. was 36 degrees and um no 38 degrees and we could not be in the tent and so we had to go out and go sit in like this air-conditioned cafe until the like temperature dropped enough that we could go and like sleep in this tent i had no idea it would be that hot it was insane yeah Yeah. well i mean 86 degrees for people at uh, at home by the way yeah (laughs) yeah it's funny that you translate those um the celsius to fahrenheit because one of the events of the games, they came out and they they said to us, they were like, I'm going to do my American accent again. They were like, the turf's super hot, so just be careful. Like, don't lie down on it. Like, don't touch it. And we're that was like, actually, okay. re- that was really good, actually. That was, that was very good. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it from? Where's this accent from? That was pretty, that was pretty neutral. That was good. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Again, I say Midwesterner. It's yeah. a Midwestern, Midwestern vibe. But I feel like most of our... CrossFit uh, volunteers and like judges. I feel like most of them just come from the Midwest because the Midwest is where the nice people are in the U.S. Yeah. The West Coast can be pretentious. The East Coast can be pretentious. Joel is from the East Coast, so that's why he's pretentious, right? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So these, these people came out and they were like, "It's 140 degrees or something like that," and we were like, "We have no idea how hot that is," and we had to Google it afterwards, and we're like, "The turf was 55 degrees Celsius." We're like, "That was hot." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we they like said this to us and they're like, watch out, it's this many degrees. And we're like, cool, bro. Like, no idea. <laughs> Did you lift in kilos then at the gym then? And like, we went to games last year and the judge was like, we're like, can you please help us with the pounds? And it was when you had to announce your weight before you oh, went no. on. And we just had to on our arms. We're like, big blue plates plus little yellow or blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and um, so we would just put those on and we'll be like, how many pounds is this? And you'll be like, I don't know. 200 pounds and we'll be like 200 pounds like back to him and then we'd have to go <laughs> it was so weird like, yeah and uh and and crossfit selwyn has declared a 112 pound front squat that's weird um, <laughs> no, kilos kilos we went kilos yeah, i think there was also an australian competition where they made us lift in pounds and n- like none of the australian judges had any idea what was the so people were just flipping the numbers over and um <laughs> 
I did like a hundred and five clean and jerk or something, and it, they had put the um, the numbers up on the pounds way too high, and the crowd was going nuts. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're like, sorry, we got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we got that wrong. <laughs> Actually, after after listening to all of this, I feel like we should just keep the difference. Why change it? Like, we have yeah, far more humorous hilarious. moments if no if nobody knows what's <laughs> happening. Madeline, this was awesome. We appreciate you uh, carving out some time on a Saturday morning to, to sit down and chat with us and uh, looking forward yeah. to seeing what, what 2023 has in store for you. Thank you so much. This was a great court it all, which means chat. <laughs> court it all. I like court, it. You said court it all? Court it all. So what is your favorite? So this was at the games when we, especially during the swimming event, Jeremy Austin told us all of the words for various swimsuits and we had like budgie smugglers and uh dts he's like yeah i gotta show up in my dts so like we started talking like that became our favorite slang for the weekend is there a best slang from new zealand that you can teach us uh we call our swimming gear togs and we call our i think you call them flip flip (laughs) flops um (laughs) we call them jandals so yeah, if you're going to the beach, you've got to take your togs and jandals. Yeah, <laughs> togs and jandals. Joel, yeah. when you go to my, when we go to Waterpalooza, make sure to bring your togs, togs and jandals. And jandals. With you, all right. Yep. yep. You got Fun. it. <laughs> awesome. The T's and J's. We need the T's and J's. I'm hoping it's. I hope it starts with a T and a J. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, does. Good. <laughs>